Computer, this is Data. I'm an android. I'm a... basketball? I was processing all of the information. Processing. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball? Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. Hello and welcome back to the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. My name is Tom Z, joined as always by Tim, a.k.a. Cranjus McBasketball. And Tim, we are officially in the dog days of summer. It is August 6th today. Uh, little to nothing on the news front in Lakers land. So we're just going to have a quick one today. Um I think as we get closer to September, we'll start to um, speculate a little bit more about what this team could run, what Darvin Ham could look like with some of these roster pieces. But, you know, we're still kind of, um, I don't know how you say, like it's been 369 days since Russell Westbrook joined the team. I don't know if that's exact. It's close. It's like 373 or something. Um so we're just kind of waiting for that domino still to fall, man. Um, how you feeling? What's up? Anything going on with you? Just August life? Just August life. Been pretty chill. I'm enjoying, you know, an opportunity to catch up on film on the new guys. Be pretty relaxed. Crushing no that JTA film. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's God not great. Uh <laughs> But we'll we'll keep that to another time. I am excited. Like once things do start getting closer to like ramping up again, this team's going to have some like real camp battles. I think you can make legitimate arguments in a lot of different ways for different roster spots and spots in the rotation. So there's an excitement for me just knowing that like you know some it, it, we're not going into preseason with everything like pre-decided rotation wise so there's some fun that'll be had there analyzing the pros and cons of different players and how they fit in but for right now it's still just a waiting game with trades and little by little here and there we hear reports from different different people of various levels of uh credibility and just you know try to make the most of it and you know explore what those options look like Oh man. Um, yeah, we're down bad. Sorry. Um, <laughs> not a lot of, not a lot of exceptionalism still to be had, but, uh, we're going to talk through some small bits of news. There's not a lot, like we said, going on right now. Um, most of the league is on vacation. Most of the beat writers are on vacation. Everyone's getting their downtime in now, uh, before the ramp up to training camp, but we're still having some little, um, you know, flares of news come up. So I want to start first with the, uh, I don't, I mean, I don't want to start with it, but I guess we can talk about this potential Lakers, Jazz, Knicks, three-team trade. Um, let me lay it out here. This is from the Silver Screen and Roll, uh, Jacob Rude article. So there is this discussions. It seems like this is you know, again, in the past, like a couple of weeks ago, it had been talked about, but the pros three team trade would be sending Russell Westbrook to Utah, which is, I mean, kind of poetic, poetically beautiful. If they have to pay him $50 million to go away, even if they get a million picks, there's just something kind of funny in that to me. But Russell Westbrook would go to Utah, get bought out, presumably. 
um, the Jazz would send Donovan Mitchell to the Knicks and a combination of two players, whether it's Patrick Beverly, Jordan Clarkson, Bogdanovich or Beasley to the Lakers. Uh, the Lakers would send whatever comp pick compensation from that to uh, the Jazz and the Jazz would just get Westbrook and these picks. The Knicks would get Donovan Mitchell, maybe throw in a salary filler like Derek Rose to help the salaries work. Um, I don't know, you know, mix and match some of those uh, jazz names, however you want him. Is there, you know, an appeal to you for any combination of those guys that could make a difference for the for the Lakers? No. Yeah. Next question. <laughs> Next question. Fair enough. Okay, so do you want to unpack it? Uh, yeah, Patrick yeah. Beverly, I think, would be useful, but not, um, uh, how do you say, like, game-changing? He's not a, a title contention-changing player, but he is a useful point-of-attack defender that I do think the Lakers need. Um, but that's kind of ignoring all the other holes, right? Um, yeah, he, he would be a good... I think of all the players that the Lakers could be looking to bring back, he'd be the top one or one of the top ones just from a fit standpoint. He can shoot well enough off ball. He can play in a starting lineup, let LeBron be more of the the playmaker, but he can be a primary ball handler, bringing the ball up the court, facilitating, you know, getting the team into this, into their sets. Defensively, we know what he brings. Uh, some of it's a little bit more activity over impact but he's still a really solid defender and and he rotates really well and he rebounds really well he does all of those little things that this team was desperately missing last season he brings a fire to the game and he really gets under guys skin uh which is something that you know i as not one of the more talented high school basketball players used to play that role a bit and and i it's the type of thing that like you like to have those guys on your team not the other team and I think he plays that role about as well as you possibly can. We saw that in like the play-in games. So I, I like what he would bring. I, I think he would be a good, you know, a good acquisition. But like you mentioned, it's not a massive needle-moving uh, acquisition. It would like he'd be good, but when you compare that with like what the Pacers can give or like what Brooklyn could potentially give, he he needs to be one of multiple pieces. And then when you look at who else would come with him. I'm a lot less intrigued by the other options because I see some shooting, but I see a lot of guys that just their game hasn't translated to the playoffs. Their defense is poor, and I don't imagine that's going to change coming to the Lakers. I mean, are these guys that will help you maybe from, you know, a 45 win team to like a 48 win team? Like, sure, maybe. Are Mm -hmm. some of these guys going to get played off the court in the playoffs? Like, yeah, definitely. So what are we... You know, so, okay, let me phrase it a different way, right? Does Patrick Beverly get flipped to a contender for a late first? Is he worth that price point for a Milwaukee, uh, Miami, you know, one of these teams who might be looking for that? Because it's clear he's not needed in Utah, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, he'll go somewhere. I don't know what the price would ultimately be, but he'll have some some kind of market. It might be like a couple second rounders, maybe a heavily protected late first or something like that. But he has value. So I can see him. I mean, he's not going to be on Utah by the end of next season or next trade deadline. He will be on a contender. So he's someone that like, from my perspective, I think the optimal set of trades here would be like make the Brooklyn trade or make the Pacers trade 
and then give that little extra and try to acquire Pat Beverly because him with healed and Turner, like that's, that's a pretty cool haul. Um, but him just on his own isn't, isn't nearly as exciting or, uh, him, him with, uh, like Ingles or Beasley or Clarkson. Those are all three guys that like would add shooting. And like you mentioned in the regular season would help you win a couple extra games, but all three of them, like it's, we're talking about all of those really bad perimeter defenders that every season make Rudy Gobert look bad because <laughs> they're just getting blown by left and right on the perimeter and then not rotating. So it's like they barely worked and didn't work well enough for that team to succeed with the best room protector behind them. Adding them to this team to me isn't any sort of like real solution. So they'd help a little bit, but like big picture for the playoffs and that's what the Lakers are playing for. I have a lot of questions. I think uh, Ingles, I think he's probably the best offensive player or at least was this most recent year, but his defense is probably the worst and he's the oldest and he should get worse. Clarkson and Beasley, I guess they're, you know, younger guys. I don't expect them to fall off as much. Beasley more of an off-ball shooter, and I like his shooting, but he's like a slightly better version of Ingles to me when you factor in the age and the fit and his defense being a little bit better. And then Clarkson, same strengths, same weaknesses, basically, but has a little bit, a good bit more ball handling. We're familiar with his game. Um, so none of those really move the needle to me. If, if the trade is like the Lakers get Pat Beverly and Jordan Clarkson, I don't know. That's not a play. That's not a title contender. So I'd rather grab just Beverly if I can, and then do one of the other two trades. And I think it's important to understand like why the Lakers are brought into this conversation. This isn't something the Lakers are trying to push. This is something that the Lakers are trying to be looped into this by the other teams because it would help them get off some like money they don't want to be on or some players that aren't helping them win or they don't really want to be winning with Utah. And it allows the Knicks to give one more first rounder to the Jazz in order to get Donovan Mitchell. So it helps sweeten the pot a little bit for New York. Um, or it, it, it helps facilitate New York getting Donovan Mitchell is, is basically why the Lakers are brought into this conversation. Because Utah won't care if they get Russell Westbrook. They'll just buy him out. They're not trying to win next year. So in a way, they're a decent fit. Um, it's just this to me is way, way, way lower priority than than the other shows we've talked about in the past. Yeah, absolutely. This is a, I have to get Russell Westbrook off the team, no matter what kind of deal. And I'll take, you know, whatever actual NBA players I can get. Um, I mean, for Utah, like I, I don't disagree that it makes sense. I think there's something that we overlook that, you know, again, it, these guys can be, kind of partitioned off and sold to different contending teams like this like Jordan Clarkson is a valuable scoring six man that a contender could use even though he gets played off the court in the playoffs getting you that extra better position or around you know a team with a good defense or a good back line like someone like uh Milwaukee I feel like again he could probably come in and give them some scoring punch off the bench and if they can't trust his defense, they bench him and they're, they're good with that. Um, but I can see teams like that give, you know, being willing to, if you break them up, if you're Utah getting individual pieces for Jordan Clarkson, Bogdanovich, you know, maybe even Conley might have to attach some cause he still has some years left, but that makes more sense than 
And the other thing is, so you're going to trade these players. You're going to get Russell Westbrook, pay him all this money to go away. You still have to like roster a whole team. So you're going to be spending more money by buying out Westbrook. Even if you bring in, you know, four guys on the minimum, you're adding salary uh, in a situation where if you just keep the guys you have, you might actually be paying a little bit less. Right. So there and if you're losing and trying to lose, you probably want to pay as little as you possibly can while achieving that. Um, so I don't know. There's it makes sense that it kind of just fizzled. Also, do you think this is what you call it last week? The BACNA? Yeah, is this, this, is this I would have this higher than just bringing Ross back fair. from a Lakers perspective. Like, I mean, they can yeah, do this, like I, I'd rather do that. Like the team, I don't think is going to be a title contender, but it'll be a better, more fun team. Is it worth the first? No, that's the, I think that's this is one of the trades where if you're the Lakers front office, you probably say, yes, this makes us better. No, it doesn't make us better enough to justify paying yeah. the draft capital. Because none That's of these pieces are long-term pieces. I think the only yeah. piece that you could get in this that would be a long-term piece would be Jared Vanderbilt. And he, unfortunately, is a horrendous, horrendous fit for the Lakers. I like his defense. He's a very versatile, takes on hard matchups, 6'9", <laughs> power forward that can defend a lot of positions, but has no offensive game. Is yeah. a, you know, a horrible spot-up shooter, no three-point game is terrible on dump offs and cuts. So it's not like he's like a rolling cut big that can't roll or cut. Um, and if he was surrounded by great shooting, it can be, you know, you can kind of, you know, uh, absorb that enough and still be fine where his defense outweighs his offense. But even in Minnesota this past year, um, he had 98th percentile spacing around him. And, and that's the kind of environment that, you know, should prop him up the best he can be. And he had the fifth highest uh, overall shot quality of any player in our basketball index database since 2013, 2014. So he was getting as easy shots as he could possibly get and surrounded by tons and tons of spacing. And despite all of that, he was enough of a negative uh, uh, impact player offensively that it basically brought him down to like a below average overall impact, even with his defense. I think the Lakers would be a much worse fit offensively and that you know, makes it just an untenable real fit for them. So if they decide we're going to just blow things up and we're playing, you know, we're going to make decisions for a long term, Vanderbilt can make some sense. But like to help the team win this upcoming season, for as much as I like his defense and he's a great defensive playmaker, he does a lot of things well. It's just such a bad fit for this Lakers team. If you, you send him to another team, you know, a Milwaukee or somebody, it can make some sense. But for the Lakers, it's just it's. It's unfortunate because I like him as a player. It's just not – it's the type of situation you put him in to see the worst version of him. Well, and he's more valuable to the Jazz um, as a young player who mm -hmm. they can, you know, have under team control for a long time, not worry about his play on the court, kind of uh, put him in a position to develop and get more opportunity, and then you can flip that or keep that with whatever new core you're trying to build, depending on the timeline, what works out when. Um, so, I mean, what's interesting to me about this, Tim, and we can wrap this up because it's not, it's not a crazy interesting trade proposal to me, but the other trades, obviously the Brooklyn and the Indiana packages are the Lakers seems like you know, actively looking for these specific things. 
this trade is a reflection of the Lakers being pulled in as a third party because of Russell Westbrook's contract. And I think that if there is another scenario as you get closer to the trade deadline where a team needs a big contract that they can send one place like you have a big contract. I don't, but I want that other player with a big contract. There is a three team trade in here where again, the more the season goes on, the less Russell Westbrook has to get bought out for. So in January, when a team looks and says, okay, we need a matching salary, let's bring the Lakers in and we can facilitate that. That I think if he isn't moved before the season, I think that is something that is is more likely than not um, as they get closer to the deadline. And what that would look like would be if no trade is made before the season starts, the Lakers don't buy him out. They just send him home. And, you know, if this trade were to happen, he goes to Utah, wherever, or the Pacers or whatever, like they'd buy him out probably immediately for the Lakers. Mm -hmm. They would just say, no, we're going to, we're going to keep your money on the books so that we can play around with it and maybe get something for it later in the year. Uh, So that's, that's a really good call out, Tom. My view of that route in terms through the lens of like, can we win a title next season would be, you're probably not going to find a better deal than the ones potentially on the table now to like actually help the team win a title. You might find something to help make you better, but it would be hard for me to think of a scenario where like they make a trade, what two thirds into the season, three quarters into the season where all of a sudden you're like, Oh wow. You know, watch out for the Lakers. I think if anything, like by that time, you know, 50, 60, whatever games in, if there's any injury issues, this is a team that's probably not in good sh- in, in a good spot in the standings looking at the play-in, and we just need to go back to our talking points of, well, if LeBron and AD are healthy, then this isn't a team anybody wants to play. But despite that, it's still a super, super uphill battle. So I, if there's no trade made soon or before the season starts, I don't – I think that title window might be closed. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's take a quick break. Uh, we have a couple more quick topics to get through, but let's just take a quick break and we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. 
We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture-themed trophies for six basketball-related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right, Tim. So kind of bringing it back around, there's only been a couple small pieces of information these last week or two, but... Um, tell me what you thought about the report that, quote, uh, Darvin Ham has more opportunity to bench Russell Westbrook down the stretch of games. Um, I don't know. Something, nothing, just, you know, what you say, coach speak. It was probably a topic of discussion when Ham was negotiating taking the role. Is like, if I'm going to take this job, I need to have freedom to hire my staff. I need to have freedom to coach my players. And I'm, I would imagine the Lakers agreed to that. And this is probably where that is stemming from. I I guess, you know, good. The coach is able to coach thumbs up from Tim, but this, this shouldn't be, I don't know, like this should be the baseline. The, the like default for teams should be the coach is allowed to coach the players as he sees fit to, you know, help them win the best they can. If, He's not allowed to bench guys who are really, really stinking it up. That's a structural organizational problem. So, like, good, but I don't know. Not something that's that's great. Um, I mean, it's like we know how Russ is going to take that, I think. I don't think mm-hmm. he's exactly, you know, hiding how he feels. Um, is this posturing to try and tell people we will keep Russell Westbrook Going into the season, if you you know, is this in any way connected to the negotiations of a, any trade package? It'd be a weird indirect way to go about that. It do- certainly doesn't hurt. I don't know that it is a massive help. Uh, but it, like the I other mean, teams it, don't it care. Yeah, I don't think the they other don't teams, care. Yeah, this. I don't think this really improves the Lakers' position from a negotiation right. standpoint. But, you know, I can imagine the article coming out, you know, <laughs> the Lakers and Russell Westbrook kind of falling out after in Friday's game, he was benched for the whole fourth quarter, shooting two for 15 for the game, you know, miss, you know blowing several key defensive assignments, uh, was benched by Darvin Ham and then just ran to the locker room and hasn't been seen with the team since or something like that. And then he gets yeah. bought out a, a day later or, some, or just like sent home. I can see that being a realistic path to go from the Lakers are trying to make this work to it's not working because they're not just going to go from like, all right, you're starting to like go home. It's probably going to be maybe he starts the season starting and then they try to scope that role down and see if there's a happy middle ground where he's still playing, but they're able to minimize his weaknesses or limit his role, limit his minutes or something like that. And if he doesn't take it well, that'll just accelerate his departure from the team on an on-court standpoint even if it doesn't impact his, you know, financial standing with the team. Can't get benched if you never play. Okay, so 
That's a little one. I don't know. I didn't read too much into that. I, I do like your take of it reminds me of when Harrison does the like local man allowed to do his job articles. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's that's, like, a, that's a good bit. I, we like that bit. <laughs> we do like that bit. Um, local man allowed to uh, do his job. So that that's for you, Harrison. Take that one. Run with it. Um, next up here is the. Uh, Captain Obvious report of Kyrie still wants to join the Lakers. So that's it. That's the report. That's still his intention, whether it's uh, convincing Brooklyn to trade him there for whatever the Lakers feel comfortable giving up or free agency um, next year. So and that is something that long term Kyrie Irving, we haven't really talked about. So I thought it would be. um a worthy conversation because we've talked about how he can what he can bring to the team on a short-term basis and in, in improving this title window with adding another superstar does it make sense for the lakers to pursue Kyrie on a long-term max contract next summer tim with this newfound cap space that they're going to be getting from the russell westbrook expiring I might be wrong here, but my understanding is that even with Russ coming off the books, going into next offseason with with AD, uh, with like THT under contract, with or will he be? I think he will be. Uh, yeah, I believe so. Okay, and then I think he has a player option. They would need to basically bring LeBron back and Kyrie in and dump all of their other pieces to like maximize the cap space well, available to do so i mean or, lonnie lonnie or and none are, are coming off the books mm-hmm. so Jones is a player option he'll be off the books because he's going to have a good season <laughs> well it's a minimum so who cares uh-huh. um but you know like yeah there's to your point earlier there is ways for them to clear some of these guys it's not like they have a luol dang that they have to attach a major assets to open up cap space mm-hmm. and you can also argue LeBron might do the James Harden this summer, take a little bit of less money to give himself like one last shot. Uh, so all that considered is that, you know, same questions before, does that make sense for the Lakers long-term? Well, there isn't much to go after this upcoming free agent cycle. So if Kyrie's willing to come and LeBron and Kyrie are willing to, between one or both of them, take less money to make the money work, Sure, I guess. I, I don't – yeah, I'd be fine with that if you can make it work and, and have a, a team around them that makes some sense. I would – as long as they're not needing to like, you know, get rid of everybody else under contract and then just have those three guys and then sign, you know, 11 minimum contracts, I, I think you can you can probably put something interesting together. So that's – an interesting long-term thing. If they can't make it work now, maybe they'll try then. But that's another, you know, an older LeBron, an older AD, an older Kyrie. Three guys that aren't. I mean, AD should be fine, but the other two. How old is Kyrie? Um, I don't know. I'm not gonna he guess. I'm guessing he's thirty. Thirty. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, he, he shouldn't expect a huge. Drop got four off, or five more years. A little bit worse. Good years left. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'd be open to that. I'd be, I'd be okay with that. We'll just have to see if the players can can make it work and somebody can take a pay cut to, to allow that to happen.
so I don't know. I guess to me, it's just uh, I don't want to commit to that yet because it just obviously takes away all the possibilities. You never know what you can get away with, especially when you do have this uh, singular opportunity and having so much cap space being freed right all at once um, that you you don't want to just put all your eggs in the Kyrie basket straight away and say, this is what we're going for. We're not going to trade for any contracts during the season that, you know, extend past the season. And that is where you can kind of put the blinders on, I guess is what I would worry about. If the late, yeah, I I don't think you just say, all right, we're happy to punt this season because we think we might have a chance for him. This is Kyrie Irving. We're talking about, (laughs) this is somebody who, we don't know what he's going to be thinking. We don't know what this upcoming Nets season is going to look like. We don't know if there's going to be a KD trade or where it would be. If KD's traded, Kyrie's still on the team and they stink and they don't make the playoffs or they lose in the play-in or they lose in the first round, the Lakers have a decent shot to go get them. If KD stays and that team makes it to the Eastern Conference Finals, the Lakers have a significantly less chance, you know, lower chance to, to acquire him. Would it... I, this is something I'm thinking of just now. If the Lakers were to make like the Pacers trade, they would have Turner's bird rights. Would they be able to get, you know, Kyrie to sign a free agent deal, LeBron to re-up with his rights, and then Turner re-up with his rights, and then end up with four really good players instead of just three? And then I guess you'd have healed under contract as well. You would have healed under contract. So I think, so uh, mm. Austin Reeves would also be a free agent. Um, obviously, like your other guys, like Stanley Johnson, they don't matter as much. I do want Austin Reeves back, though, even if it's costs the mid level. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean, or something like eight to twelve million a year. But it it it's the timing of it all, right? So I think the complicating thing is that Healed is on the books, and that as. You know, I think no, it's descending. But what if it's eighteen to sixteen million? Yeah, you're probably close to the tax, Mm -hmm. and at that point, you might have to sign and trade for Kyrie. Um, if and it might cost, buddy. So I think the kind of splitting the difference there would be to keep be able to keep one of those guys, Mm -hmm. and then and trade one of them out for Kyrie. It's like the most practical. Okay. I don't know. I'd be okay. Like. I'd rather be in that situation where you're like, we might have to get rid of Miles Turner to acquire Kyrie Irving. Right. That's a you know a better situation from my perspective than, well, we didn't do the Pacers trade. We didn't do the Nets trade. We didn't do any of these other trades. And now we're just trying to sign a guy and we don't really have any like money or pieces around our couple stars. Yeah. We're just There's no right back to where like, we started. Yeah. Like you need, you need to at some point acquire and pay players and have them under contract for more than like a year at a time. So you can like actually build towards something rather right. than like trying to, you know, flash builds an off season at a time. Like that's not how team building works. That's not how it works well. And that's not how we see these other title teams building their rosters. That's not how we saw the Lakers title team build this roster. Um, you need yeah. to have good players under contract and then you can trade them in for a star or whatever it happens to be. But the Lakers have slowly, slowly just bled assets and bled capital to the point that like they're kind of running out of options. We might be at the end of the road at that point. 
This is why you have to trade that second first because you don't have anything else. You let Caruso go for free. Mm -hmm. You let Dennis Schroeder go for nothing. Mm -hmm. This is what happens when you put assets uh, together to get better assets and those better assets leave. Yep. So um, last thing I wanted to bring up here, Tim, is uh, as many Laker fans probably know, LeBron is uh, officially extension eligible for the Lakers as of Thursday, I believe, the 4th. All we know is that they had, quote, productive talks. You know, this has been a big thing in the national media with narratives going as far as to say the Lakers should trade LeBron because they are going to waste this year if they keep Westbrook. And even if they don't, they might just waste this year of LeBron. Um, but it's, you know, no, no one's going to trade for an expiring LeBron. He's just going to go wherever he wants right after, this, you know, the season finishes anyway. Um, but also, it doesn't look like there are any indications of any serious suitors opening up cap space to steal LeBron next summer. Now, I think the Lakers still have some work to do in convincing LeBron that they are all in in maximizing the last few years of his uh, of his legacy you know, of his career. But. I think LeBron's happy in L.A. as a city. So it's just my feeling, Tim, that I think because of uh, where LeBron is in his career and his life, that despite not making the best decisions and uh, not kind of making the moves that LeBron makes, that the Lakers are still just because of <laughs> location and convenience for him, um, they're still primed to keep him through the end of his career what do you think i think they have a, a pretty good shot to retain him based on what we've heard I, I would imagine cleveland might try to see if they can get him to come home for one last one last dance with the, the other guys they have over there i don't know if they have a cap space but they can probably they, they have good players they need to move to clear space so that wouldn't be unfathomable from my perspective but it certainly seems like he's He's content staying with L.A. at least for now. We'll see if and when his son makes it to the NBA where he ends up and he'll he'll follow him there. But, you know, if he's a one-year college player or a three-year college player, that makes a pretty big difference in this equation. So I don't know exactly how long the Lakers would have LeBron, but he's certainly a player I would want on the team for this season, next season, and probably the year after that. And, you know, it's LeBron James. Even if he's a worse version of himself, he's he's – evolved his game in different areas offensively. He's still a very, very helpful player, even if he's not like a top three guy. So yeah, I'm, I'm happy to keep him around. The impact I see from this is if the, you know, if him coming to the Lakers or signing an extension isn't contingent upon the Lakers making a trade or making one specific trade, it helps them when they go to the negotiating table. If it's not Kyrie or bust, that means the Nets can't hold that over the Lakers until they get to some deadline and then, for, you know, try to force the Lakers hand. Um, this puts the Lakers in a more neutral position leverage wise. And I think that is really helpful for them. We might see this continue to play out over time and it just means we're not going to see anything imminently. But uh, it's good news from my perspective. One, because, you know, LeBron will be back. And two, because it means that Rob's in a better position negotiation-wise when talking to Brooklyn or Indiana or Utah or whoever it might be. 
All right. That's, you know, just something I wanted to bring up because we hadn't really spoke about it very much. Um, I think, you know, where there's no news, we don't like to insert ourselves and speculate either way unless there's something concrete from some trusted source or something we've heard. So it's just not something that came up because it just didn't need to. Um, and I think a lot of the national discourse on it is just because people want to speculate about the Lakers' downfall and, you know, <laughs> what LeBron should or shouldn't do and how they're wasting this, uh, the end of his career. And, you know, that stuff's a little bit spicier than, I mean, he's just kind of happy in L.A. And he's only like, I think he might be past the point of using all of the power of LeBron leverage to force team, you know, the team he's on to do what he wants because he's happy in L.A. And the Lakers have to do nothing to change that you know what i mean that's independent of the lakers i guess is what i mean to say uh his family's happy here he seems to enjoy it but what do i know i don't know the guy um yeah people were like oh he came to the la not for basketball reasons as like an insult but hey maybe wait we might be keeping him longer term <laughs> because it's not for basketball reasons so you know yeah. as long as he's still playing basketball playing basketball well i don't yeah. i don't necessarily mind that for sure um, I think we're going to wrap it up there, Tim. We're having a little bit of connection issues. Uh, so apologies if this episode is a little bit disjointed. I'll do my best in editing. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Anything else you are looking forward to the next week? It's just kind of empty space out there. No, I don't. What's hap Is there anything happening? No. When is when is training camp? It's like another it's usually September, September, like early okay. mid-September. Well, then no. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to football. I'm looking forward to uh, the uh, House of the Dragon. I'm looking forward to Andor, the Star Wars series. I'm looking forward to various streaming things upcoming. Uh, I've got the the World Cup starts in November. Like there are things I'm interested in and looking forward to, but none of them are soon, and none of them are basketball related. So. I don't know. We'll we'll see if there are new ways to analyze this team in the next couple of weeks or see how we see the pieces fitting together or maybe talk yeah. lineups or fits yeah. or I think like Juantas Cano Anderson versus Stanley Johnson is an interesting discussion. Does Wenyan Gabriel get minutes is an interesting discussion. Uh, who starts at center is an interesting discussion. Like what is the Lakers closing lineup? I think there's varying, you know, interesting things that we can take a look at. We can look at who might have a breakout season or what key things the Lakers need to fix to be good offensively or defensively or I don't know. We'll, we'll find good stuff to talk about. But yeah. in terms of news, I think there's going to be nothing until a trade happens, if a trade happens. All right, man. Well, that's all we got this time. Uh, yeah. Until next time, we'll talk to you guys later. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. 
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.